This episode of Film Frenzy contains spoilers for The Social Network. Consider this your spoiler warning. This episode also contains mentions of Army Hammer's cannibalism scandal around the 17-minute mark. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, I'm Brooke. And I'm Tom. And this is another episode of Film Frenzy Friday. Let's do it. All right, everybody, this week we are doing The Social Network. Brooke, why don't you give us a little in-depth in view of The Social Network. The Social Network is a movie from 2010 directed by David Fincher. Um, this movie is a little bit different than the stuff we've been doing before because it is kind of a biopic. Um, it's classified as a drama history movie starring such as uh, Jesse Eisenberg, Army Hammer, Andrew Garfield, Brenda Song, um, Justin Timberlake, Aaron Sorkin, Rooney Mara, Rashida Jones, who plays on uh, both The Office and Parks and Rec, also um, makes a little introduction there. Dakota Johnson, um, a lot of a lot of big names in this movie, I'd say. This movie has won several awards: one Academy Award for Best Writing, one Academy Award for Best Original Score, um, Academy Award for Best film editing, Golden Globe for Best Picture, Critics Movie Choice Award for Best Picture, um, Golden Globe for Best Screenplay, um, Golden Globe for Best Director, Golden Globe for Best Original Score. Lots of different awards here. Definitely was um, on awards. I'd like to say that I know Mark Zuckerberg does not care for this movie. The more I read up on it, the more you found that he did not care for it because maybe it was too true or maybe it was too false for him. But I believe it was more on the too true part that um, he just couldn't handle, honestly. I mean, yeah, Mark Zuckerberg just uh, in general just kind of seems like an asshole. I I would agree with that. Right, and that just comes from you know him taking advantage of his users. Um, <laughs> you know, you go back to the Cambridge Analytica scandal a bunch of years ago. And it just seems like he just doesn't care because he, you know, continues to do it. Um, you know, you've got tons and tons of different leaks within, you know, private information, whether or not they were paid for, who knows. It seems that the money has gone to his head these days. Um, and as you can kind of see throughout this movie, it, it wasn't always like that, even though he was still kind of an asshole. Right. I think the whole concept of the whole Facebook project was originally started for good reason, but it obviously developed into what it is today. And everybody can argue that um, it's good, bad, or indifferent. Um, I would say it's on the side of bad lately because it's used in a very negative way. Yeah. And I think that's, I think throughout the movie, you could kind of see that it was going to go in that direction anyway. And that's before it even happened because if this movie came out in 2010, it didn't start getting bad until like, you know, two or three years ago from now right and i think that just all goes you know hand in hand with when he had to sit before congress and you know um didn't really give any answers to anything and you know just kind of pissed off the whole world um but the thing about that and social media is people you know still continue to use it i mean we continue to use it we're on facebook and instagram which are both um owned by the facebook company but you know it, yeah. it's kind of unavoidable yeah, so I will apologize now to Mark Zuckerberg. We, we are going to use your platform and kind of bash <laughs> you at the same time. So apologies all around. Yeah, he's we're definitely um, <laughs> going to get shadow banned 
for <laughs> all of our shit talk of Mark Zuckerberg this week. I mean, who can blame us? The guy's an asshole. Right. <laughs> um, now, speaking in a movie standpoint, the movie itself was a really good movie, and I thought the acting was really well done. A um, couple things. Jesse Eisenberg plays such a good part that anytime I see him, I think that he is Mark Zuckerberg he, <laughs> because he played such a good role. And it's funny because I found something here that says um, he was diagnosed with uh, OCD and said in an interview that the hardest things about the role was having to deliberately speak and behave in a manner that he struggled against in his own personality his entire life. Huh. So you can kind of see that through the movie by all the weird, quirky things that he does. You can see that. I don't know if uh, Zuckerberg legitimately has like OCD, but the portrayal of him mm -hmm. or the, the way that they portray him at, through Eisenberg is well done. You know, you can tell that he's kind of mm -hmm. like OCD ish or, you know, quirkiness, you know, just these little things that he does throughout the movie. And I thought that Jesse Eisenberg played such a good part in those reasons. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree. Um, I think that Mark Zuckerberg is just such an, a weird guy. Um, and there are so many memes just about Mark Zuckerberg being weird in general. I mean, we go back to once again, the Cambridge Analytica scandal, um, when they had him sit before Congress and, you know, everyone was like, he drinks water like a robot. Um, he, and everybody was theorizing he was a lizard man and, you know, all of those like fun conspiracies and memes and shit. Um, but definitely from, like, the strange videos I've seen of Mark Zuckerberg, um, if you haven't, check out the I'm Just Smoking Some Meats video because it's, a, like, the it's spot on, spot on. Um, Jesse Eisenberg's performance, if that's what Mark Zuckerberg is really like, this is a spot on performance. Can't say I've ever seen that. I don't even know what it's that is. It's very strange. <laughs> but... Uh, like I said, definitely a really good um, portrayal. So starting off in the beginning of this movie, um, so much happens in this opening scene that is all relevant throughout the entire movie if you really paid attention. Yes. He he talks to – this is the first conversation he's having with Eric Albright. Mm -hmm. And he's just talking so much and he doesn't even realize that what he's saying is portraying him as this dickhead and he just doesn't yeah. even see it. Yeah. Um, he talks about, um, getting into like these clubs and everything. Like he wants to be part of the Phoenix. And he also says something about rowing crew and she says, Oh, you row crew. And you know, he's almost offended by that. Like, look at me, you know, like there's no way that I row crew. And then later on when he meets the Winklevoss twins, um, and they row crew, I think that's one of the things that sparks him to say, oh, these are the kind of the guys that I, um, idolize. I want to, I want to help them with this project. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like I said, all that stuff happens right in the beginning. And then of course he goes back to his dorm after, you know, she breaks it off with him and, uh, he goes back to his dorm room and basically starts blogging about her because you got to remember when this movie takes place you know there was no facebook there was no instagram it was all um pre social media um, with the exception of like um friendster or that other stuff that they talk about or myspace um but the actual you know facebook and all that kind of stuff where people would trash each other didn't exist yet so that was the original 
to his trash talking was to blog it. Right. And while he was, you know, blogging this, he was blogging it on LiveJournal um, under the pseudonym uh, Zuck on it. So I did try to go back and find these live journal or Tumblr posts or whatever they were. Um, and they have been wiped from the internet. They do not exist anymore. Um, they are factual. People have said that they have seen them and there are transcripts of them. But I cannot find the original posts, um, unfortunately. Um, and they actually changed the girlfriend's name. Her name isn't actually Erica Albright. It's Jessica something. So I guess they did that to protect her or them getting sued for using her name but she was a real person she's just that's just not her name right and they do that a lot in movies you know right. to protect because they can't get the permission or, or however that works yeah so after all this it leads to this whole face mesh thing which is uh he, he mentions it comparing women to farm animals but right. he doesn't actually do that but he does rate these women and you, you know he passes around these uh girls in the school to uh you know match against each other and people pick who's hotter or whatever and in walks his best friend eduardo played by andrew garfield but anyway in walks andrew garfield aka eduardo and he's like the best friend and he's also the voice of reason he's gonna mm -hmm. keep him from doing anything stupid in a lot of ways um so he's talking to him about hey i need i need this algorithm you um you used to rate chess players and um he he i don't know if at that point he kind of talks him out of it um but let's refer to the clip and, and we can see exactly what he says hey mark Bardo. you and erica split up how did you know that it's on your blog yeah are you all right i need you i'm here for you no i need the algorithm used to rank chess players are you okay we're ranking girls you mean other students? Yeah. Do you think this is such a good idea? I need the algorithm. Mark. I need the algorithm. Give each girl a base rating of 1400, and at any given time, girl A has a rating RA, and girl B has a rating RB. When any two girls are matched up, there's an expectation of which will win based on their current rating, right? Yeah. And those expectations are expressed this way. That's right. So, if you, if you paid attention, he's actually telling him that's not a really good idea he says you know you're um you're rating other ranking other students um which in that scene he actually hacks into the database that gives him all the pictures to all the students and he's able to just upload this onto an online page and um rate these girls according to hotness to embarrass them basically right well, and part of it, too, um, it kind of just goes into the security of the time. It He doesn't really hack anything. Everything he finds is publicly available, um, and it's based off of these individual Facebooks, which are quite literally um, websites just full of the faces of the people who live in each dorm building in Harvard. So, right. you know, he kind of, as he's blogging, he goes through and he kind of explains everything. You know, this is how I got this one. This is how I download, was able to download all of these images. This one was a little bit harder because of the search mechanism. So I had to create this code to do this and that. So it kind of just right off the bat kind of explains to you just how tech savvy he is. 
and um, they end up crashing the whole server. Right. Because there's so many people that pass it around and everyone's using it. Right. So that's like the whole beginning of, you know, crashing a network due to overuse. Yeah. And uh, that actually leads to a funny scene because when he finally gets caught and um, they take him before the, I guess it's like the school board or whoever. It's a bunch of people that are yeah. um, there to, I, I don't know, it's almost like a courtroom kind of feel. But um, it's funny because the one lady says to him, um, you know, do you have anything to say for yourself? Something along those lines. And he says, you know, I basically um, pointed out a lot of gaps in your security. Um, I think that you owe me something for that. And she says, uh, she says something and he says, uh, you're welcome. I don't remember exactly how the scene goes, <laughs> but it was hilarious because uh, just the how sure he was of himself, you know? Right. Right. Well, and he like isn't technically wrong, you know, in, in that, in, in that explanation. Um, because he did point out these major flaws in their security. The fact that just any random dude can go in and, you know, steal all of the pictures of these students and use it to humiliate them, that in and of itself, I mean, at least points it out to them, you know? And while he shouldn't be praised for that because it was a shitty thing to do, he is right in the terms of he did he did do that. <laughs> but he, right. it doesn't make right. him less of an asshole. Right, of course. And uh, he, you know, he says how, you know, I apologize to all the students and, uh, you know, whatever. So shortly after that, the Winklevoss twins and their friend Divya, they start reading about him in the Crimson, which is the, the local school paper, about how he hacked into the network and he was able to reach out to so many people so fast and it was like 650 people oh no that was later but regardless he, he was able to uh reach out to so many people and they were like you know this might be our guy so they reach out to him and they want to get him get mark to help them with their so-called social network um plan that they have um and from here on out i am going to refer to the winklevoss twins as the winklevi because he uses that in the movie and i love that for some reason <laughs> i don't know why it's like what's the plural of winklevoss it's winklevi i love it so i'm gonna use that <laughs> so the winklevi are played by rb hammers but actually before we get to that i want to comment <laughs> okay. on the fact that army hammer plays two people in this movie because they're twins okay right and up until you told me about this like Four or five times that I've seen this movie, I never realized that they weren't real twins. They actually um, put bodies and faces on other actors to make them twins. This guy, Josh Pence, who's in the movie, is actually one of the Winklevoss twins. It's his body, but they put Army Hammer's face on him. Right. So I want to say, in a movie standpoint, they did a really good job with that. Because if you go back to a movie like um, Back to the Future Part Two, when they had two Marty McFlys in the same place or two Biffs in the same place, the whole cut screen thing was so bad <laughs> that you know, advance it, you know, twenty five years, and they got it down and it looked seamless. And I think they did a really good job. 
editing the movie to make it look like they're actually two different people. Yeah. Um, this movie is really famous for that, for the effects that they use um, to do the Winklevoss twins or the Winklevi. So let's talk about Army Hammer. <laughs> because Good old Army Hammer. I'm dying to talk. I've been dying to talk about this because this is like freak shit. Let's not even, like, beat around the bush. There's, he needs help. There's something mentally wrong with him. So, Army Hammer, if you do not know, has recently been outed as a cannibal. And that's not a joke. <laughs> as much as I would love for it to be a joke, that's not a joke. Um, so, recently, some, I guess, screenshots um, from Instagram messages between Army Hammer and a woman he was seeing came out. Um, and I'm just going to read you some of them. This is obviously going to be kind of disturbing. So, here we go. From Army Hammer. Oh my god. And it makes me so confused as to why. Is that even possible? So hard. Thinking of holding your heart in my hands and controlling when it beats. I am 100% a cannibal. I want to eat you. That's scary to admit, B. I've never admitted that before. I've cut the heart out of a living animal before and eaten it while it was still warm. Oh, I just found another screenshot. Um, that's pretty fucked up. It's, um, I need your blood. I crave it. Will you give it to me tomorrow? Don't forget that you're mine. And then the person responds, that topic, once again, question mark, it is very intense. And he said, I'm intense, exclamation point. I need your blood. I want you to feed me with it. So this isn't just this man being like, I'm 100% a cannibal. He's like, let me drink your blood also. He's a whole freak. He said that. Army Hammer said that. There's also been like other allegations that have come out against him. Um, some from his ex-wife, which I mean, like how much can you trust somebody's ex-spouse? Um, but he, you know, said that he wanted to barbecue her rib and eat it. Um, so that, that's interesting. Um, you know, and he's currently facing a lot of backlash because of it. I mean, because who wouldn't? Um, and it kind of got his Disney movie canceled because he was starring in it. And now they don't really know what to do, which nobody expected that to come out. He's a PR nightmare. <laughs> Army Hammer actually played in another Disney movie. He played John Reed in the 2013 action western film The Lone Ranger, which I did not know. Oh, I didn't know that they made a Lone Ranger at Disney. Oh yeah, it was I didn't realize that was him though. Oh. Um but yeah, he was in a Disney movie, so I I wonder if they end up pulling something like that, you know, they not being will. not being happy with his situation because you said they already took him off of a Disney movie. Um, the movie, the Disney movie is called, uh, Death on the Nile, but I guess two weeks ago they came out and said that they were not going to recast him, so I don't know if that means they're just not going to release the movie or they're going to release it and see what happens. I mean, it's kind of one of those, um, any publicity is good publicity, I guess, but I don't really know. I would imagine that if they do come out with the movie, they'll probably never let him do anything again. Yeah. Because honestly, if you didn't tell me about it, I don't think I would have ever heard that. 
And you told me about it like two weeks ago. Right. So I'm not sure how popular that is that people know about it. Yeah, it's a whole, like a whole deep dive if you're feeling up to it. But like I said, it's crazy start to finish. That's not even all of it. That's just some of it. Um, and it's funny that, um, you know, the whole cannibalism is brought up now because in the movie they actually bring up forced cannibalism with Eduardo and the whole chicken thing. Right, which is... So obviously it's not related, but it's just ironic. Yeah. You know, looking back, that that's a topic in this movie. It's kind of yeah, funny. Yeah, that's kind of fucked up. Anyway, back to the movie. <laughs> that's when Mark is introduced to the Winklevoss twins, and they, they say how. And Mark says, oh, you guys are in really good shape. Oh, we got to be, because we row crew. Right. And he was like, oh, row crew. You know, I think I, I think I need to work with you guys. And that's what starts it. But as he's having his little meeting with them... And the whole bike room thing, um, you can see in that scene that he gets like this spark. It's like, oh, there's something I never thought of. This is something that could work. So you can look at that in two different ways. You can look at it as he's using this opportunity to lead them on to get them to stop their project. Or he's legitimately just going to try and steal their idea. You know, I don't know what the real circumstances were throughout this movie or throughout real life, but you could look at it in two different ways. Right. I mean, I think that Mark Zuckerberg is just a man of opportunity. I think that if the Winklevi hadn't given him this idea for the Facebook, as they seem to name it in the beginning, then I think he might've still come up with it anyway. But maybe just not as fast. That's true and all, but I almost wonder if um, he's still using that as a tactic to deter them from going any further. Because what if he said, oh, I'm not interested, and they go and find some other techie guy that helps them develop um, whatever they called it. What was it that Harvard they originally Connect. Called? Harvard Connect, and it turned into something else. Connect too, you. At some point. So if he wouldn't have agreed to do it, they might have found somebody else. And it could have been one of his friends, that Moscovich guy. Right. Or one of these other guys that um, he recruited to be on his little Facebook team. Yeah. So um, in a weird way, I think it was his um, tactic to uh, stop them from, from developing it on their own. So in this part, um, Mark's... Best friend, Eduardo Saverin, um, gets punched by the Phoenix, which the Phoenix is like a fraternity, okay? Right. So Mark talked in the beginning how he was always interested in these clubs, and there's only certain clubs that he would be able to get into, and Erica kind of shames him by saying, you know, what's the easiest ones to get into, meaning those are the only ones you could possibly get into. So he's upset about that. Now, Eduardo gets punched by this this club, the Phoenix, which is, I guess, a, a higher um, level fraternity. Yeah, I'd say um, so. So, in a way, you can see that he's somewhat jealous of this. Um, so, it's at that point, I don't really want to say he uses him, but in a way, it feels like he uses him for his right. money and his expertise on business. And, uh, you know, he kind of goes back and forth throughout the movie of why he asked him for money 
and for his ideas or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I I think it's a shame that to think that he was using him because it seems like they really were friends. Yeah, I don't I think that maybe in the beginning and definitely at the end, but somewhere in the middle, I think he just genuinely really wanted to be business partners with him. Um, right. But I think he, in the beginning, knew he had money. And he was like, we're friends. I trust you. You know, whatever. Um, and then, you know, it kind of actually became like a formal, like, we're friends and we're business partners. And, you know, I trust what you have to say. And, you know, you are a business major. You know about all this stuff. Like, I trust you. But, like, not enough to, like, want to make money with you yet, which is interesting. And then, you know, towards the end, once we are introduced to Sean Parker um it definitely becomes you know them taking advantage of him together and i think that is part of mark's problem throughout this movie is that he cannot be independent he relies so much on the people around him to kind of push him um he's a pushover that's the whole thing he is a pushover and the people around him know that right um in the following scene, I actually found something interesting about this. It's the Bill Gates scene, right? Right. Where they're at a presentation, and Bill Gates is the speaker, and that's when they're introduced to the two girls. Um, oh, uh, uh, Chrissy and Alice, I believe? Uh, Christy, and is it Alice? I believe uh, it's Alice. Yes. But Alice so, doesn't really stick around. Right. Only in the bathroom. But anyway... <laughs> He's introduced to them. So after the um, so speaker's done, they go outside, and there's a couple, there's a group of guys, and they're like, hey, Mark, you're the guy who invented the Facebook, right? And they're all talking about him. And the, and the one kid says, you know, I could swear that when we were in there, he said the Bill Gates, the next Bill Gates could be in this room. And I think he was looking right at you. He goes, I don't even know who the speaker was. And they're like, uh, it was Bill Gates. <laughs> okay? So I looked up something. So Bill Gates in the movie was not actually Bill Gates. Okay? Bill Gates was portrayed by Steve Sires. He is a professional Gates impersonator. But his voice, his voice was dubbed by a 24-year-old African-American kid with dreadlocks who just happened to sound like Gates. What? (laughs) It doesn't say who it is in this little tidbit. But that's kind of out there. You know, first of all, I thought it was Bill Gates. I don't really know much about Bill Gates, but I could have swore they would just use him in this movie. But, uh, yeah, that's interesting. I almost met Bill and Melissa Gates one time. Really? Yes. I was... Where was I? I was on a field trip. Oh, I know exactly what field trip it was. Um, So my junior year of high school, uh, we went to the grounds for sculpture, and then we went to Princeton to the art museum. And as we were leaving the art museum, they, like, kind of rushed us out really quick. It was very strange. And everybody was like, that's really weird. And uh, my teacher at the time, shout out to Mr. Jones, I know he listens. Um, he was like talking to somebody. He was like, oh, why? Like, what do you need us to go for? Like, what? what's what's up? And they were like, oh, well, like right through that door behind you, Bill and Melissa Gates are in there and they're about to give a presentation. So we need everybody to leave except for like, you know, these high paying donors or whatever. So I got kicked out of an art museum because... The gates were there. Wow. Yeah. Fun fact. Could say, hey, there's film students in here. 
We, you think you guys all should meet Bill Gates? Yeah. Bill Gates, please, please fund something of mine. Just give me your money. You have too much of it. If anybody has any ties to Bill Gates, if you want to tag him in this video and reach out to Film Frenzy, that would be much appreciated. Yes. Please make us one of the Gates organization donation places. <laughs> that would be wild. Can you imagine? Just get like a million dollar check from Bill Gates for no reason. We get a big break because you <laughs> almost met him at an art museum of sculptures. Yeah. Be wild. Absolutely crazy. <laughs> So, anywho, <laughs> so where are we at now? Um, so this was, an, okay, so the next section talks about how, um, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. So, <laughs> hold on a second. Let me just find something real quick. Okay, we're not up to there yet. Okay, so the next part is about how eduardo wants to start earning revenue and mark says you know i don't want to have ads in the facebook you know it's cool we don't want to have ads for mountain dew in there which is so funny because if you think back for so many years there was never any ads it was just a platform you went on there you did your thing blah 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 you you interacted you talked shit like everybody does and then all of a sudden within the last couple of years bam the ads started showing up and it is just ad after ad after ad in Facebook. Am I wrong? It's ads of things that I thought about 20 minutes ago, but didn't even say out loud. Yes, we were just talking about that with me and your mother, how we were looking at a new grill and all of a sudden, bam, over at Lowe's, they got these grills available. Mm -hmm. How did you know? Why are you listening to my conversation? Now, granted, it might have been that we were looking it up on Google or whatever, but damn. Right. Well, even still, because they all sell your information to each other. Nobody, nothing is fucking sacred. And, you know, you can go in and you can turn off the personalized ads, but they're still selling my shit. Like, where do you think that all these spam places get your email from? You know what I mean? Everybody, Absolutely. everybody sells your fucking information. The SATs sell your information. Facebook sells your information. You know, your fucking doctor's office probably sells your information. Like... Film, film Frenzy does not sell your information. Please subscribe. <laughs> film Frenzy would never steal your information. We promise. We are Cross not Mark Zuckerberg. No. So the next scene that we're going to play, it made me crack up when I saw it. <laughs> and I've seen it numerous times, but for some reason, the way the, way the president says it, it just cracks me up. Um, the Winklevoss twins go to the president of the university to complain, basically, that Mark Zuckerberg stole their idea and in the student handbook it states that you cannot steal from another student and the president is just not having anything of it and um he's actually upset at them because you're not going to use your your father's resources and your money to bully your way through this um if you want to do something else um come up with another project and they obviously don't like that but uh, the scene itself is pretty funny. I'm going to play it now. Kennedy, in that instance, was the absence of me. Catherine, I've got students in my office now. Students. Undergrads. I don't know. From the looks of it, they want to sell me a Brooks Brothers franchise. All right. Good morning. Good morning, sir. I'm Cameron Winklevoss, and this is my brother, Ty. And you're here because... 
Either of you can answer. Pardon, I'm sorry, sir. I thought you were reading the letter. I read the letter. Well, we came up with an idea for a website called Harvard Connection. Uh, we've since changed the name to Connect You. And Mark Zuckerberg stole that idea. I understand. And I'm asking what you want me to do about it. Well, sir, in the Harvard Student Handbook, which is distributed to each freshman, under the heading Standards of Conduct in the Harvard Community, it says the college expects all students to be honest and forthcoming in their dealings with members in this community. Students are required to respect public and private ownership and instances of theft, misappropriation, and or... Yes, sir. Punch me in the face. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> he just talks talks to the, the secretary. And yes, punch me in the face. Like, I just, he's just over this whole conversation. Like, are, are you guys being serious here? You're really in my office complaining about this, you know? And he even says when they walk in... Uh, Oh, from the looks of it, they're trying to sell me a Brooks Brothers uh, outfit or whatever. It's like they come in, they're all dressed all nice, and they're obviously uh, flashing their money, and he's just over it. You know, he doesn't want to deal with this petty, and he even says it, petty larceny, and they're offended by that. They're like, petty larceny, this is an idea that could be worth billions of dollars. Um, I think you might be getting a little ahead of yourself. So obviously the president doesn't think it's such a big, a big deal. Um, it's just that that scene cracks me up with the, the punch me in the face thing. <laughs> yes, it would hurt less to punch me in the face than to have to sit through this bullshit meeting. Right. <laughs> but I mean, that's just a good a good fun moment that uh, I really enjoyed throughout this movie. And it kind of sets the scene in the tone of the Winklevi and who they are and, you know, how they're going to flex their money. I think it's really interesting that they decided to try to not sue him. They kind of took every bout that they could take without suing him for the longest time. Um, so I think that that also kind of shows a little bit of their character um, as it's almost like they don't really want to, but what other choice do they have, you know, other than to just ignore it when, you know, they did have a case. I mean, they once again were able to settle out of court. So, I mean, somebody thought that they were correct. Right. So, <laughs> over the next few scenes, they get the cease and desist letter. And, um, you know, Eduardo's concerned about it. And uh, the Harvard Connection situation, you know, the Winklevoss twins are saying you stole their idea. I did not steal their idea. You know, I didn't use any of their coding. And that's another thing. You know, he knows what he's doing, even to this day. Oh, I didn't use any of the coding. I didn't do anything wrong. I'm going by the letter of the law. You know, I didn't do anything wrong. You gave me information. You know, I used it accordingly. You know, right. he's very careful in this movie. And he's very careful, obviously, in real life of what he can and can't do. Exactly. You're exactly right. He is so aware but unaware at the same time because, you know, they do have a lawsuit against him. I mean, they settle at the end. Obviously, um, he did something wrong or he wouldn't have to settle. Um, and they even say that towards the end of the, the movie, you know, um, if you put this in front of a jury, you're not going to win. Or you're just going to, you might win, but you're just going to spend more money on legal fees than if we were to just settle out of court. Right. I think that Mark Zuckerberg isn't as smart as he thinks he is. And that just goes to show throughout the whole movie. I mean, the way that he talks to people and the way that he, you know, uses people and 
I think he's more book smart than common sense smart. Yeah, you know definitely. I mean? In the ways of like the letter of the law and everything, he knows what he can and can't do. He pushes the envelope on all that. But when it comes to speaking, he shoots from the hip and he just doesn't realize what he's saying. It's mm-hmm. like, what are you doing? You know? And I like, once again, I think Jesse Eisenberg plays that part to a T. I would think right. that in real life, that's how Mark Zuckerberg is. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. After um, the whole cease and desist thing, um, they go to, do they go to California? They go to New York to they meet go to partner. They go to New York for okay. spring break, I believe. And that's okay, when so they meet with a bunch of different people and also Sean that's, Parker. That's right. So they got some meetings set up with um, potential advertisers and everything. And Mark is not interested in talking to anybody because he just, he doesn't want to do that. Eduardo wants him to, but he doesn't want to. So he says to him, he says, you know, he was so excited about this next meeting. And it turns out to be Sean Parker. Now, Sean Parker, if anybody doesn't know, was the creator of Napster. Now, Napster came out late 90s, was the original downloadable, shareable music. Okay. This was 100% illegal to do. Okay, but they obviously found a way around it that if the music was purchased, it's not illegal to share with your friends, but it kind of got out of control. And I can not confirm nor deny that I ever used Napster <laughs> because the FBI may be listening. Hi, Mr. So, FBI agent. <laughs> so Napster was like the big thing, the big thing that started like the whole sharing of files. Because you could go on there and just pick a song and download it. Now, back then, it took like four or five hours to download a, uh, a three-minute song. It was like insane. You And the more you downloaded at once, the longer it took. Now, you're talking about dial-up. That's the way we did it back in the day. You know the dial-up sound. So it took forever to download music. And we would start it at night. And then wake up in the morning and be like, oh, did my song finish? And be like, damn it, it timed out. So there was times you didn't get it. And then people started being real asshole-like and um, uploading files that were called by a certain name. Oh, and no. you listen to it. And it wasn't even that song. Like, assholes. You totally screwed me for the last four hours. And you so, couldn't preview it before? Nope. Not oh then. God. It was, you, you put a song title in. Oh, there it is. Boom. Uh, wow. Download it. And you have to wait till it's done. To preview it. Yes. Technology has come a long way. To where That's you can crazy. open your phone now. Oh, I like that song. Bam. Download from iTunes. No big deal. Yep. Preview it. Shows you a 30-second um, clip of it. So uh, in the clip we're going we're gonna to play, it talks about how uh, Sean Parker took down the, their record, record execs. So uh, take a listen. There'll be payback in case brought down the record companies with Napster and Case will suffer for their sins oh, too. Sorry, you, you, didn't, you didn't bring down the record companies. They won. In court? Yeah. You want to buy a Tower Records, Eduardo? So, you can see now that Sean Parker is just as arrogant as Mark Zuckerberg and I think that's why the two of them get along so well. So he talks about how he took down the record execs with uh, Napster and um, he talks about how he never got respect because he was a young kid. 
and uh, he wants to get back at this company. So uh, throughout the movie, I, that's one of his goals, and that's why he wants to be a part of the whole Facebook. Right, right. Um, and it just becomes a very uh, big part of his character. That and, you know, him just being, you know, a young, not even billionaire, He, but he has the billionaire vibe, you know. He understands what it's like to have money and just, even though he's broke now, still continues to live the lifestyle of, you know, having, you know, a billion dollars, which, you know, he doesn't. Right. And that brings up the next part of this clip that we'll play also that shows how it becomes money now because now Sean Parker is involved and um, he's starting to, to show him that, you know, you don't want to get a little bit now. You want to get the big thing later. You want to you want to bide your time and do it right and um, make a lot more. So uh, we'll listen to the rest of this clip now. Okay. And then he cut around to the Facebook. So tell me about your progress. Well, we're in 29 schools now. We got over 75,000 men. Tell me about the strategy you're using. Okay. Uh, for instance, we wanted Baylor in Texas, but Baylor already had a social network on campus. So instead of going right after them, we made a list of every school within 100 miles. You put the Facebook on those campuses first. Pretty soon all the Baylor kids were seeing their friends on our site. We were in. It's called the Little Bitcoin. That's smart, Mark. Oh, thanks. That was mine. Easy. Hey, you know what? Settle an argument for us. I say it's time to start making money from the Facebook, but Mark doesn't want to advertise you. Who's right? Well, neither of you yet. The Facebook is cool. That's what it's got going for it. Yeah. You don't want to ruin it with ads because ads aren't cool. Exactly. It's like you're throwing the greatest party on campus and someone saying it's got to be over by 11. That's exactly right. You don't even know what the thing is yet. That's exactly how right. How big it can get, how far it can go. This is no time to take your chips down. A million dollars isn't cool. You know what's cool? You? A billion dollars. So there you go. It's all about money now. He says it's not about making a million dollars. You know what's cool? A billion dollars. And you can see in that scene also that the both of them now are teaming up against Eduardo. Right. Um, he's just not, he's not on the same page as them. You know, he's a business major. He, he's trying to do things more business-like than um, fun. You know, they talk about how, you know, it's about, you know, run or having this party on campus and having to be over by 11. You know, they, they look at him like he's a square, like he's lame. And, you know, you're not looking at the more fun that we could be doing with this. Yeah, exactly. I think that the only person that I can even sympathize with throughout this movie is Eduardo. I mean, absolutely. I was going to say it before you. Yeah, he really got dicked over. Um, and I mean, we're going to show a clip in a little bit that, you know, regards that. But he really gets fucked over in this movie. He gets fucked over in real life. Um, but, you know, he has since then, you know, been restored to as a co-founder of Facebook. But, you know, the fact that he was ever, you know, removed at all is just fucked. He really got the shit out of the stick. Definitely. And if he could have just stuck it out with them and been on the same page. And I think that it was the whole Sean Parker thing that ruined the whole thing for him. Yeah, definitely. And you can see that. He doesn't like Sean and Sean kind of doesn't like him and, you know, Sean really takes advantage of the money and it just is not a healthy, like, relationship between them. You know, they really don't like each other and, you know, it, it just shows and it bleeds into their business. Right. And there's a powerful scene when, so they're living in California um, and it's weird because Mark and his 
couple friends or whatever go to live in California to run the Facebook out of, um, I don't remember where it was that they were living, but the whole chimney collapses because they're doing the um, zip line off the roof. And who comes walking across the street is Sean Parker. It's very strange that he just happened to be living across the street with this girl. Right. But later, Eduardo comes and flies in from New York. New York and Mark forgets to pick him up at the airport. So he's standing in the, in the hallway or whatever talking to Sean Parker. And Sean's like, you know, you don't know anything about me. And Eduardo says, I've read enough. And Sean says, you know how much I've read about you? And he kind of shakes his head and he says, nothing. So there, once again, is the arrogance that he has, you know. You've read a lot about me because I'm somebody. I haven't read anything about you because you're nobody. And you're not going to be anybody if I have anything to do with it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And it's just, I think that it's that Sean wants that CFO position. He wants the position that Eduardo has. You know, he didn't do anything to earn it, but, you know, he's going to kiss Mark's ass to get what he wants, which he does in the long run. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's just my two cents on that. So I guess they go to the Winklevoss twins go to England or something and they're racing. Isn't it in the Cambridge or something? Yeah, they go to Cambridge for like a rowing competition. So they go there and they lose the race. And the the prince or whoever was talking to them was telling them how excruciating close it was. And they were so offended that he kept saying how brutally close and excruciating close <laughs> this race was. Um, but the other guy comes in and says how, oh, I just talked to my daughter and, uh, she just saw the, the race via Facebook and they're like, what the hell? And they're like, your daughter doesn't go to school in the States. Oh no, she's in such and such. Um, so now they realize that he's jumped continents and now they're really furious. Right. So up until this point, they were trying to convince, I, I want to call him the oldest one, which is not Tyler, Cameron, but, um, Cameron to sue him and he doesn't want to do it because they are gentlemen of harvard so he doesn't want to sue them so uh at this point and i kind of wish we had a clip of this but um they finally convince him and he says all right let's gut the freaking nerd and tyler's over on the side like doing this weird dance in the chair so they're all excited now we're actually going to sue this guy because uh he stole the idea or whatever and um, he actually makes reference, the, the friend, Divya, makes the thing. He goes, no, I don't want to sue him. I want to hire the Sopranos to beat the crap out of him. <laughs> yeah. I thought, I thought that was pretty funny that he used that reference earlier in the movie. They decide they're going to um, sue him in federal court. And uh, throughout the whole movie, there's different scenes going on that we really didn't go over. But there's different scenes going on in all these different court cases. I want to say, what is there, two or three different ones going on? I think it's only two. There's two, two, because he's being sued by the Winklevi, and he's also being sued by Eduardo. But right. I think Eduardo is a witness for the Winklevi, which really just kind of goes to show you what what the fuck's going on with that, because that's something. Right. So after Mark... And Wardo have their little argument in California. He kind of goes back and forth. And he has the argument with the girlfriend. He breaks up with her. She lights a trash can on fire. She's a fucking nutcase. Right. So, you know, he's over that whole situation. So he's upset about 
Mark making a comment of him, you got to get out here because you're going to be left behind. He goes, what do you mean being left behind? And he gets kind of nervous about this. Like, they're going to do something without me, and it's not fair. This is my money invested into this company. So he goes to the bank, and he freezes the account. So right. they can't draw off the account anymore. So that starts this whole this whole thing with, uh, I guess, Sean and Mark against Eduardo. They don't really say much about it, but that's what starts it, him freezing the account. So they get a new investor that is going to streamline things and get more stocks available. And they they come up with a strategy to basically screw Eduardo over. Right. And he's a business major and he should have seen it coming, but he didn't he didn't realize what was really going on. So he gets them into the building, you know, this um I don't think it's case equity, it's somebody else that gets gets in there and gets them into an office building. Eduardo comes back out and they get him to sign these papers that are gonna give him this ungodly amount of shares. So it's like over a thousand shares or something. And he, the guy's asking him, he's like, why is the, why the jump from this many to this many? He goes, oh, that's so you can entice new investors to come along. And the guy's all impressed. He goes, this is why I love dealing with uh, business majors. So they're obviously pretending like they're doing a good thing. Right. They get him back there and they said, there's some more papers you have to sign. And he's reading over them and he was like, what is this? You know, and they never really say what it is, but at this point, Eduardo gets pissed and he storms out of the office and he goes into the the main office area where Mark is sitting. And do we want to play this clip now? Yeah, let's play the clip. And we'll discuss it afterwards. Okay. So there's this, this clip that takes place that is Eduardo just losing his mind. Take a listen. You signed the papers. You set me up. You're gonna blame me because you were the business head of the company and you made a bad business deal with your own company. This is gonna be like I'm not a part of Facebook. It won't be like you're not a part of Facebook. You're not a part of Facebook. My name's on the masthead. You might want to check again. It's because I froze the account? You think we were gonna let you parade around in your ridiculous suits pretending you were running this company? Sorry! My Prada's in the cleaners! Along with my hoodie and my fuck you flip-flops, you pretentious douchebag! Security's here. You'll be leaving now? I'm not signing those papers. We will get the signature. Tell me this isn't about me getting into the Phoenix. You, you did it. I knew you did it. You planted that story about the chicken. I didn't plant the story about the chicken. What's he talking about? You had me accused of animal cruelty. Seriously, what the hell's the chicken? And I'll bet what you hated the most is that they identified me as a co-founder of Facebook, which I am. You better lawyer up, asshole, because I'm not coming back for 30%. I'm coming back for everything. So I think that is such a powerful scene, and I think Andrew Garfield Garfield played such a great part there because you can tell that it sounds genuine. Like he is legitimately upset, pissed off, and rightfully so. It gives me chills just watching it. Yeah. He, like I said before, Eduardo got fucked over. He got fucked in this. Like, no ifs, ands, or buts about that. They screwed him over they knew what they were doing from the beginning he was the only one who had his shares depleted out of every single person and you know they say that before um in this clip 
you know, before. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, they deplete it down to like 0.008% or something ridiculous. Something fucking nuts. They don't take any of Mark's shares. They don't take any of Sean's shares. And they don't take any of the other guy's shares. So there's, so they literally did this to fuck him over specifically. Right. So when he signed those papers earlier, that he had the most shares out of everybody and they depleted them away and gave them to other investors. Exactly. Yeah. They just, they fucked him over. I mean, he probably was the only one in with that in his contract. That's probably what happened. He didn't even, you know, he probably didn't even know, which right. is even, even more screwed up. And even when the lawyer had him signing he was like looking around the room like oh god this is going to be bad right right um one thing about this scene i thought was hilarious jesse eisenberg is wearing an arm and hammer t-shirt okay (laughs) so the funny thing to me always was it's like an easter egg it's one of those oh it's a shout out to army hammer and it didn't occur to me until two or three years ago when you told me that the whole Army Hammer thing, that they were not really twins and that the guy's name was Army Hammer. I never really paid attention to that. I was like, oh my God, I wonder if that's why he's wearing an Arm and Hammer t-shirt. It's actually not what the case is. Um, They thought it was an inside joke, but it just so happens that all the scenes that were taken or that were made, um, the costume department actually did their research and had access to thousands of photos of the people that were in the movie about their, you know, the real people. And the out, this outfit was obviously a outfit that Mark Zuckerberg wore at some point. So at some point there was a, hmm. a picture of him wearing an Arm and Hammer t-shirt and they just threw it in the movie. So it has nothing to do with Army Hammer, but it is kind of funny. You know, it is an interesting that you mentioned that because um, there's another scene where um, they show under the table at one of the um, court cases, and you can see that um, Mark Zuckerberg is wearing slides, uh, Adidas slides, which if you Google Mark Zuckerberg, there are a million pictures of him wearing Adidas slides with no socks. Um, well, there, there was numerous points in the movie where he was wearing that. Yeah. When he jumps up out of the classroom wearing shorts, socks, and slides and running through the snow in Boston. And then even in the scene where he's in the bathroom with the girl, all you see is his feet and he's wearing slides. So it must have been a Mark Zuckerberg thing that he always wore Adidas slides. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure his wiki feet is very interesting. Right. <laughs> so... After the blow up at the Facebook headquarters, they they pan to um, a party at the California house. Right, and it's the million members party. The, right, they hit a million members, so they're having this party and they're talking about the intern. And Mark's like, "You're not doing anything with her, are you?" Talking to Sean, and he was like, "No, well, maybe a little, but um, obviously there's some no good going on with um, Sean Parker and these interns." So moving forward to the to the uh, this party, I keep wanting to call it a frat party because it's kind of like a frat party. I think it's, it's a not. sorority party. Right. So they're at this party and they're all drinking, doing drugs, and they're obviously underage. And the cops bust them, and they come in, and you know they're asking for people's IDs and everything. But uh, Sean gets taken downtown or whatever, and he calls up Mark, and he says, oh, you know, we've been busted. And he's like, oh, shit. 
And um, that's when he gets the business cards that say, I'm CEO, bitch. Right, which is the reference to the earlier moment in the movie. When they went to Case Equity or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, uh, leads up to the end where he's talking to the lawyer. She's like a student lawyer. She's just, she's a new hire and she's made to sit in on these uh, deliberations. And that's uh, Marilyn Dupley. Yes, who is is played uh, by Rashida Jones, yes. Right. So... You know, she's she's having just like a, a regular conversation with him about what's going on. And she says, you know, you're in a lot of trouble. You know, you're not going to win this case. You're going to have to settle. And he's like, what are you talking about, basically? And she's like, she starts going on and on about how, you know, I've only been listening to part of it. But I could have the jury believe that you planted the story about the chicken. So she talks about that. And she says, um, why weren't you at the party that they all got busted at? You know, did you did you set that up? And he was like, shit. Like, like he finally gets it. He's like, you know, I made some mistakes on it, and I didn't even realize it. Mm-hmm. So all in all, he ends up having to settle up at a court and right. pay these people this money that he basically owes them. Right. Because he was basically a douchebag to everybody. Right. Yeah, and then at the end it tells you, um, you know, how everything ended and – uh, the Winklevi received um, a settlement of $65 million, um, and Eduardo also received a settlement, but it's for an undisclosed amount. So right. who knows how much money he got. I mean, I hope he got like a billion dollars, but... I would think I would think that he got something significant, and his name was restored to the masthead in Facebook. Right. I would like you to know that um, Eduardo is no longer on the Facebook masthead. I found it, um, and he is no longer on it. Well, I hope that he requested to be removed, honestly. Yes. I mean, it just could be because this is, like, current leadership, but, no, he's not listed as a co-founder. Um, it seems that Mark Zuckerberg is only listed as the founder as of right now yeah nope nope um if you do you can find um eduardo on facebook um and he is listed as a co-founder of facebook that way um but he is not listed in the masthead any longer um at the end of the movies it it says he was restored but not anymore right that was obvious also 11 years ago right that movie was made so at right. the time i guess he was um but the, also another funny thing is at the end he starts realizing that man i made a lot of mistakes over the years i'm going to reach out to erica again and he goes on facebook and he tries to friend request her and he just keeps sitting refresh 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 right. he keeps refreshing the page waiting for her to accept his friendship. Does he really think that she's going to accept his friendship? You know what I mean? And it's also funny that she even is on Facebook. But if you think about it, that's the whole concept of Facebook. She did not like him. She did not like where he was coming from. And she even makes reference to, oh, have fun with your video game or whatever it is you're doing. He invents Facebook. And even though you don't like him or you don't like anything about him, you still got on Facebook and used it, which is like exactly. everybody in the world. Oh, I can't stand social media. I can't stand this person. I can't stand following this person. But you're still on there, and you're still listening to it, and you're it's still true. following it. 
So it's all embedded in everybody, and you're never going to get away from it. You're exactly right. So if anybody has not seen this movie, I definitely recommend it because it's a good movie on its own. If it wasn't about Facebook, I think it would honestly be better. It's just, I don't know. The acting is good. I think that um, Jesse Eisenberg plays such a good part with just the way he talks. Like he just rattles things out. I almost feel like he doesn't even need to rehearse. He's just so bang, 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 bang. And I, I really like movies like that. Right. So as a standalone movie, definitely a good movie. Even if you want to watch it as a history of Facebook, give it a give it a watch. You know, watch it if you haven't seen it. Tell us what you think. I think that it's a good, it's a very interesting origin story, especially, you know, seeing where Facebook is now, even in the mainstream I do think it was better than Jobs. I did watch Jobs, and I didn't really care for that one. I didn't oh, think is it was that the good. one with Ashton Kutcher? Yeah, I watched it. It was, I don't know, it, was, it wasn't as good acting-wise, you know. Maybe the story was good, but it wasn't, I don't know, it just didn't interest me as much. Right. Well, I mean, Steve Jobs is a guy, too, where his story has kind of been buried into the ground at this point. Like, we know. <laughs> I feel right. like there are like a million movies about Steve Jobs. I think this is the only one about Zuckerberg. Probably. I, I don't know of any others. So I guess we can wrap up Social Network unless you have something else. I don't have right. anything. Well, we have decided to bail on the whole spin the wheel thing. Um, reaching out to a few sources told us to try and um, focus on more relatable content for people. So starting next week, we are going to do The Mighty Ducks because of the series that just came out on Disney Plus, I believe. Um, so we're going to do The Mighty Ducks, the original Mighty Ducks. We'll probably just talk about the second and the third one because they're all kind of relevant, I would imagine, leading up to the series, which I have not seen yet, but I hear it's pretty good. Um, so Brooke, why don't you tell us about The Mighty Ducks? The Mighty Ducks is a movie from 1992, directed by Stephen Herrick, um, starring such as Emilio Estevez. Um, there are a lot of child actors and actresses in this. Um, not really any that are kind of sticking out to me just looking through the cast list. Um, the only one that does interest me is uh, Keenan Thompson, which uh, he's not listed as anyone. So I think that that's interesting. Um, but, you know, this could just be... Uh, general mix of you know all three movies and also uh the series so i'm not yeah keenan keenan was not in the first one yeah that's the from keenan and cal right yes yeah he didn't show up till the second movie yeah so i thought that was something and <laughs> you got joshua jackson in there right yeah him played, and emilio are the first two that show up yeah he played pacey in uh, dawson's creek as he got older which you probably have never seen no. These all these nineties movies. I believe that. But I don't think I've ever seen it. So yeah, we will do the Mighty Ducks next week. And uh in a couple weeks we got a good one coming up. We're gonna keep that one a secret for right now. Okay. And um we will have a special, very special guest in two weeks. Special so guest stand in for two that weeks. one. Very another exciting. special guest. So, if you're not following us, Brooke, why don't you tell us where you can be following us? You can be following us on three places as of right now. 
Um, you can follow us on facebook.com slash film frenzy podcast, all one word. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at film frenzy podcast, and you can also follow us on TikTok at film frenzy podcast, all one word. Um, a special welcome to all of our new TikTok listeners. Welcome. Um, I did not expect TikTok to be doing as well it is as it is, but they have, um, the best algorithm. Um, so your chest algorithm, Mark Zuckerberg, not really working anymore. Um, but you know, lots of fun stuff um coming and you're always gonna see um what's new current and upcoming um on all of our social medias so be sure to keep a lookout on that um like and follow if you are not already and once again if you have any ideas or things you would like us to watch drop us a line we're always available to answer and uh watch what interests people and review what people want us to review yes absolutely absolutely let us know what you think of the new format also um i think that it works a lot better but you know we're not going to really know until we get that feedback from you guys so um always feel free to you know um comment um ask questions uh the q a on our tiktok is open um if you have any questions uh so check that out also until next week until next week goodbye everyone goodbye